This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Our core memories as parents, the good old days are right now for us. And our child will only remember from that time if they were loved and cared for. You're listening to The Laughing Couple Podcast with your hosts, Brittany and Ryan Ostafi. Join them weekly as they discuss topics such as relationships, kids, sex, parenting, all unfiltered, and all with a healthy dose of laughter. Please welcome your hosts, Brittany and Ryan Ostafi. See, Brittany, it may shock you, but I do care deeply about you. This is large. That's what she she said. said. I knew you were going to say that. I can't even wrap my whole finger around your finger, your whole finger. I, I hope that's not how you judge girth. Oh my God. This thing is massive. No, I can't even have my wrap my whole uh, hand around this chocolate or your, or your words or your words around it. Okay. Okay, guys. Ready? I think we've already begun. What? Yeah. What an intro. I know we do this a lot. All right, let's get started. Welcome. Let's jump in, shall we? uh, Tuesday. I hope you guys are good. Back on regular scheduled programming. We had a little blip last week with our back end. (laughs) Those pesky (laughs) back ends. The puns are just rolling today with the old Bostophy. We did launch a sexual wellness. I feel like that's just going to be my life now. I'm just going to always have these like sexual puns it's just gonna be my life now it's true but it should be but (laughs) (laughs) double t but uh it should be noted that our podcast moving forward isn't going to be hyper sexualized and all about tem no it's not so yes we did launch the the new site yes we are super proud of it and by the way overwhelming response on it overwhelmed thank you so much uh for that we are certainly looking forward to your feedback please jump over to the laughing couple for your feedback on this Mm -hmm. so that we can go directly on that um, but that's not what we're here for today. No. We're, we're on to the next thing, as let's, they say. Let's chat. So um, let's, because I would like this opportunity to speak about this, and it's a great platform to do I Love You and You're Annoying. Oh, okay. <laughs> do you have anything? No, I, I didn't know that you had one for me right now. Okay, so this is... Hey, can you just do me a favor? Yeah, if it has yeah. anything to do with laundry or dishes or anything like that, can we just skip over that? No. Okay. No, we can't no, skip we can't, over it because it quasi does, but oh. it's not, it's not like, oh, do your laundry because everybody knows you don't. Um, but it's, uh, go ahead. Something else. Okay. So we, um, we went away this weekend, uh, to Montreal, which we will get into later for a cheer competition. And when we go away, whether it's Montreal, whether it's vacationing, whether it's to your parents' place for the weekends, um, I usually take the liberty of packing for the kids. And honestly, like I'm happy to do that because it's a sense of control that I feel like 
I need to have. Like, I want to be like, okay, I know that we've packed like this outfit or like whatever. And to be honest, you didn't bring a jacket to Montreal in, in the beginning of February. So I don't know if I'd be able to trust you packing for the kids. Well, in all fairness, the way that our schedule was planned, we were inside and then to a, to an Uber and then inside. I never thought I'd know, be outside but, that would require a winter jacket. This is why it's funny to me. Like, I did bring still, a jacket. It's still February. You bought a wind, you brought a windbreaker. No, I, I a windbreaker. Anyways, it doesn't matter. I brought a jacket and I was never cold. So when I'm happy to pack for the kids, I think what what is very frustrating for me is that every single time we come home, there isn't an attempt to help me unpack ever. Like and it's not like oh one time. It's like I don't think you have actually ever helped me unpack for the kids. And that can get very frustrating because that's a that's a, um, a responsibility that I would like to be shared. I think our kids are old enough to unpack themselves personally, but, uh, I agree with you. I completely agree with you. I don't do that. Yeah, never it, have done that. And that would be annoying. It is. Yeah. We, we've talked about this before. Makes sense. And you, you've said the same thing. So I'm just wondering what's different this time. What well, this particular, we this particular time, if you do recall, like, uh, I, on our way home, I said to you, Brittany, as soon as I get in, I've got about an hour's worth of work that I need to jump into because I'm behind mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we had the launch, we had that launch coming up and all of that fun stuff. And so I was very much in communication that I would bring all of the stuff from the van, but that was the most that I would be doing. So I, I really was in communication around my schedule and you do know how many hours I've just been putting in in the last couple of days. So you're absolutely right. As a whole, this is something that is reoccurring that can easily be fixed or looked into in this particular case. Uh, yeah, I think there's some grace that needs to be made there, but I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. yeah. Again, I'll, if this I'll, was an isolated on. incident and you were like, Hey, I have this going on. I'd be like, no problem, but it's not. So that's why it's frustrating. Yes. Okay. Your, so your stuff's still yeah, I totally get it. My, I love you and you're annoying. Cause I've noticed this too. This is something that I actually think is quite hilarious, almost to the degree of like, Ooh, this, hyper- ha- this already sounds very condescending. No, no, it's already to, it's to, like, the, to you, the, you know, what's hilarious. It's to the degree of hypocritical, but oh. I'm not going to call you a hypocrite. Oh, so dishes are a big thing for you, right? Dishes are a huge thing for you. You don't like coming down. You don't like seeing dirty dishes in on, on the side of our counter and, or in the sink. And mm. I get it. I totally get it. Uh, out of sight, out of mind. If it's not there, you don't have to worry about it. But I will say that because this is out of sight, it's out of mind. It doesn't bother you, but it is something that I find very fascinating in the history of us being married. Do you know how many times you have loaded and or unloaded the dishwasher? Yeah. Very few. I don't like zero. Yeah. Zero. It's not zero. It's close enough Mm, to zero to, to say that you don't do that. It's not. Would you agree that you don't do that? It's definitely not something that you do it more than me, but I think I wash more things than you. Like for some reason, I would rather hand bomb everything. And I I absolutely agree. I do not empty the dishwasher as much as you like that is facts. But every morning I come downstairs and put away all of the dishes from last night, like always. Yeah, I get that. But I'm just saying. So it's not like I'm not doing you don't you don't put the dishes away from the dishwasher. I'm pretty much on a scale of one to 10, I'm an eight and you're a two. So 80% to 20% in the history of us being together, the dishwasher is not something that you Mm -hmm. fancy, Mm -hmm. right? It's not something that you fancy. It's just funny. Yeah, is it? It's kind of funny. Jake, yeah. don't you find it kind of funny? It's fucking hilarious. I kind of I'm find it funny. It's so hard right now. I don't it's even like, like know what to uh, do. Dishes, 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 socks, 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 laundry, laundry, laundry. Fuck you, dishwasher. Like yeah. it just, it's just one of those things. It's like one of those tasks that we could share, mm. but we don't share. Mm-hmm. 
but I don't seem to have a problem with it. I'm just bringing it up now because you bringing this thing up. So yeah. So it's like a deflection. So you don't take responsibility for the other thing. I no, get I it. took, Wait, I took full responsibility for the other let's thing. Move on. No, you didn't. You, yeah, I did. No, you didn't. You were like, well, actually this time. And then you tried to make up all these excuses. Nope. It wasn't like a, you know what? I no. fully understand. Like, you're right. I need to do better. But, and this is my issue because we've had this conversation. I've actually mm-hmm. told you this in, in a previous I love you and you're annoying that you never help unload things. And it can't you, all be perfect, said, Brittany. You've said the same thing before. It can't all be perfect. This is an inefficiency that I see that I can I can certainly lean mm-hmm. into and I we can do something about it. very, very delayed and over uh, our schedule for our quarterly check-in and our yearly round check-in. Like it's, it's becoming like ridiculous because we have so much that we need to speak about in our inefficiencies in, in how we're working that like I'm finding because we are not doing that and because we haven't prioritized that we are having these small compounding issues that are like, well, at least I feel it. Like I'm sure you feel it too, but there's just things sitting on us and our marriage and our relationship that are not important, yeah. but because they're compounding there, it's like, it's getting frustrating. hundred percent. You're not sitting on me as much as I'd like. Um, there's oh, a bunch of, there's uh, a bunch of things, but I will say, and, and for those of you who are listening and you have been listening for some time, Brittany and I do have quarterly check-ins and we do have yearly check-ins and we highly, highly, highly recommend those. We are now deep into February and we have not done our quarterly and or year end. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because this year, Brittany and I decided we were going to go away for a night, book a hotel, have dinner, have an entire evening dedicated to this topic. Like literally get a... We, we couldn't get a whiteboard, but I wanted to bring like a big ass poster board. You know, those like the science fair ones that unfold. And then you can just because I think it's something to be said about seeing your thoughts written down and like having like bubbles and stuff. I'd love to do that. Yeah. And in a perfect world, we would have done that. Um, but our schedules have not allowed us to do that. Mm-hmm. Your parents are away in Florida. My parents are away in Mexico. Um, the ability to have a babysitter look after our kids over the evening. That's not our parents is zero. Yeah. It just hasn't happened. And so here's what I'm going to say to all of you that are listening. And we're going to take our own advice when it comes to this. It doesn't have to be a perfect setting for you to have the conversation. We need to take our own advice. I said this last week. Yeah, we Just do it. Just have the conversation. In a perfect world, could you take the entire evening off, make it, romanticize it, and have this like energy and vibration that's going on around it? Yes, you can. And should you? Yes, you should. Mm-hmm. Because this conversation is so, so, so important for your relationship. But no action is an action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it leads to results that are usually not the ones that you're looking for. And we're seeing it in our marriage now, which is strange because it goes to show you that quarter by quarter, if you extend past three months, that's too much time. Yeah. And like you'll feel it. And maybe you don't recognize what that feeling is until you start doing the quarterly check-ins. And, and if you don't do them yet, it might just be like, like, I feel annoyed. Like I'm frustrated with my partner. I'm easily like I've got a temperament or I'm easily annoyed, whatever it is. But that it's because you haven't had that communication. Unresolved communication yeah. or unspoken communication becomes compounded communication and issues. OK, don't do that to yourselves. Have your quarterly check ins every quarter, whether it's at a hotel or it's in your bedroom or it's on your kitchen, t- around your kitchen table. Have your quarterly check-ins. They're super important. Now let's dive into, do you want to dive into your stuff first or my stuff first? Let's do mine because I want to end with nice things. Yeah. I had an epiphany this morning yeah. and I'm like, it's well, sad. Well, it's not really sad. It's more just like, why well, you got to think about it like that type thing. Why you got to think about it like that? You got to think about it like that. I want to talk. Why about- you got to think about it like that? Why'd you say that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Well, we're gonna think about it like that in a couple minutes. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to rehash the entire thing of Montreal, but at the same time, I'm just assuming that everybody watched that story, and that's simply untrue. That's a terrible assumption. It is. Um, have you ever had an embarrassing BO moment? I sure have. Like the time I thought the teenage boy beside me at the grocery store stunk only to get in my car and realize it was me. <laughs> embarrassing. But we've got the solution. Lumi whole body deodorant. Say goodbye to BO worries forever. Unlike some other deodorants, Lumi is powered by mandelic acid, a game changer for 72 hour odor control everywhere. It was inspired by patients' concerns about private part odor. Six years on and with over 300,000 five-star reviews, Lumi keeps us confident from head to toe. Plus, it's seriously safe anywhere on your body. Pits, thigh folds, belly buttons. Don't forget under boobs and vulvas. Yes, this is true. Plus butt cracks and feet. Created by an OBGYN, Lumi is clinically proven to block odor for up to 72 hours. Baking soda free, paraben free, and with fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage and toasted coconut and for new customers the lumi starter pack has you covered with a solid stick deodorant cream tube deodorant two free products of your choice and free shipping don't miss out as our special offer you get five dollars off lumi starter packs with code tlc at lumideodorant.com that's right over 40 percent off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code tlc that's l-u-m-e deodorant.com control your body odor anywhere with lumi I love starting my day off with a breakfast that makes me feel good. This also involves waking up before my kids to have those quiet moments of peace before the chaos. Absolutely. And Magic Spoon is perfect for that. No artificial ingredients, natural flavors, and zero artificial coloring. Plus, it's great for various lifestyles, whether you're gluten-free, soy-free, or just want to add some more protein. And the variety pack is amazing with flavors like cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. So nostalgic. My favorite has to be frosted. It's like a guilt-free treat with zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four to five grams of net carbs per serving. Wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes. It's a game changer. So if you're looking for a tasty breakfast, quick snack, or an easy meal, Magic Spoon's got you covered. Head to magicspoon.com slash TLC and don't forget to use the code TLC at checkout to save $5 off your order. And here's the best part. If you don't love it, Magic Spoon has a 100% happiness guarantee. They'll refund you your money, no questions asked. Try a delicious bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash TLC. Use code TLC to save $5. A big thanks to Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode. So Cole's Notes, we... We went to Montreal for Riley's cheer competition and we were in a hotel. This particular hotel had a lobby that was open concept. Um, lots of, lots of families there. Cheer parents, um, wasn't particularly busy on the Sunday evening and we were in the lobby having, um, a drink and we were sitting on some couches and our kids were playing two feet in front of us, behind us, whatever, um, parents were watching. and. Um, what happened? Cooper had come up to me and tapped me on my shoulder because he was behind me. And it's important to note that Ryan was looking at me. So he's looking at Cooper. It's not like nobody was watching Cooper. Um, so he's, I wasn't watching Cooper. No, but what I'm saying is you weren't actively, it's physically impossible for a parent to stare at their child 100% when they are out. It's just impossible. I don't care if you say that you do that. You don't like 
you are having a conversation, whether it's with your other child, whether it's with your spouse, but you know where they are, right? So Ryan's looking at me and he sees Cooper right beside me, like in his peripherals. It doesn't matter. Yeah. He was there. So, he was in my, he was in my sight line yeah, so, at all times. And it, and, and the proximity is, it matters. He's Cooper wasn't like he was across the hotel. He was two feet behind me. Right. So he, uh, Cooper comes running up and he's like, he shows me this green car. And I looked at him and I was like, oh, that's so cool. Where'd you get that? And I'm looking around thinking that it's going to be from another um, sibling, like who's also here for cheer. And he points to this man who is now frantically packing up a couple of the other cars, shoving them in his pocket, not making eye contact and like leaving and turning. And I was like, I remember standing there a little bit stunned. Like, what do you, what the fuck? Like, what do you mean? And then you were like, huh, that's weird. But this is the, this is the strangest part is that you and I and the other people there were not even registering how weird that was. Okay. Like yet, like it happened so fast. No, and we then even, we asked I, Cooper, I even made a comment about it. I'm no. like, did he give you any drugs? Like, like I, it was a I joke. made a joke yeah, about it because we did not even understand the severity of it. And then, so then I was like, well, co- hold on, hold on Cooper. I'm like, what happened? Like, what do you mean he gave you this car? Cause in my mind, I'm still trying to find a logical reason why a late 67 year old man is giving a five-year-old a car without speaking to me first. Right. And I'm really, I'm trying to process that this might just be an old man who is sweet and like Cooper reminds him of his grandkid, whatever it is. I'm trying to justify that it's not weird, which is so annoying about our society. Like, yes and no, I guess we're just innately thinking that people are good people. I want to believe that. And you don't want to offend someone for doing something nice. A hundred percent. And we live in a world where it's like, but that's bullshit. We live in a world where it's like, say I freaked out. It's like, well, and this person maybe was just this sweet old man, or maybe he had um, mental problems or an illness. Then I'm a fucking Karen for losing it on him. Like we just, it's so backwards. So anyway, I say to Cooper, I said, Cooper, can you tell me what happened? Like, how did he give you this car? And that's when Cooper was like, well, mom, I was, I was playing on the, on the couch there. And he goes, psst, hey, psst. And that moment for you and I was like a slap in the face to be like, no, 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 this is fucked up. Like this person is trying to lure our child away from us right under our nose. So we're standing there. This man's now gone the other way. And I'm standing there with another cheer mom and we're kind of just like processing what's happening. And and she's telling me about another story where she, her daughter was in like a weird situation. And as we're talking, we're looking at Cooper, who is now 10 feet ahead of us in a different location, playing around our daughters. And the man comes back from the opposite direction and tries to like to tossle Cooper's hair and like, you know, like to talk to him again and then sees us because we were kind of like in a sight line that he couldn't see us. And then notices that we're now watching and like beelines for the exit for the lobby. The elevator. He goes to the elevator. Yeah, and we were like, what the fuck? So we bring Cooper over and we start speaking to him about like how serious the situation is. And one of the other moms goes to the front desk and she's asking about security and it, it's a whole thing. So a couple of things to note, the lobby of the hotel, this is the most bizarre situation. So the lobby in the hotel is on the 10th floor meaning the main floor and the entrance of the hotel also has commuters. They're office. It's an office building yeah. with a hotel yeah. on top of it. And commuters coming from the train, like yep. it's attached to union station. So you are literally having people come into this space. You don't need a key to get into the elevator up to the hotel. You literally just press the 10th floor and it takes you right up. So 
part of our reasoning for, well, part of my reasoning for not really assuming that this is where I just figured that this person was a guest at the hotel. Not only a guest, but like part of the cheer community. Yeah. Because they were, everybody was around, like literally all the families were around all the kids were around, mm-hmm. all the parents were around, all the grandparents. And there were so many grandparents there, there were. celebrating their kids' cheer. It just, it tracked perfectly that this person belonged here. Yeah. And it wasn't until, I'll be honest with you, because there's a part of me that really wishes that I took action immediately, even in my thought process. And I did not. It wasn't until I saw Sarah talking to security and I went up to her. I'm like, are you talking to her about what just happened? She's like, Ryan. I take this stuff very seriously. And then I'm like, wait a second, what just happened? Mm-hmm. It, it was in that moment that I thought, holy shit, I almost lost my kid. Yeah, but I think it I, wasn't until then. I totally get it. And and I'm sure you got there before I did. Yeah, I didn't. Well, for sure. But I was also my main priority was to speak to Cooper in that moment. And then we can deal with like the actions that we need to take after that. I wanted to talk to Cooper to say, dude, like this cannot happen. We needed to understand like safety, like stranger danger. An adult never asks a child for help. If they need help, they talk to an adult, whatever. Um, but you're right. Like we were very much like, and, and this is a thing. I think people also need to understand that like the whole situation happened in under a minute. Millisecond. Under a minute. Like, and I mean like from the showing of the car to leaving, to going to the other location, to him trying to touch his head in a minute to, to, to the mom going to the um, lobby security. It happened so quickly that your, your brain is trying to regulate and process what the fuck just happened. So it, it was a very scary situation. We had the rest of the night, like hanging out and and playing. And and I, even that night still, I feel like I didn't really fully process until we went to sleep and I woke up at three o'clock in the morning. And I was telling you this in like a full panic attack, fully sweating, thinking that like these people are going to come back to the hotel, that the hotel was in on it because you see those things where it's like, well, here's the thing about the hotel. And and I'm not saying that I'm not suggesting for a millisecond that the hotel is involved in this, but when we did go to security, they did look, they said, we saw the man. He went immediately to the, to the elevator, went down and left the building. Yeah. And I looked at the guy. I'm like, he's like, he's like, so that's a little weird. I'm like, that's a little scary actually. And here's what really bothers me. At that moment in time, neither they nor I yeah. suggested to call the police. Yeah, because you guys were still like trying to justify 100% a we logical were. reason of why this was happening, especially it, because it happened right under our nose. It wasn't until the next day, I because you were freaking out. You told me in the morning what had what you went through at three o'clock. And, and even at that point in time, I was like, yeah, Cooper's fine, though. Like we played, we went, we went swimming. We had a great night last night. Like, why are you focused on that? I got into the the train. I messaged my family, said, hey, a little scary situation occurred. My mom's like, did you call the police? And I'm like, no, I mm-hmm. didn't call the police. And that's what's weird about the whole thing. And I honestly, there's two things here that I think is a big takeaway. Number one, your kids are never as safe as you think they are. Never. You want to give them this sense of freedom. You want to give them this sense of like, responsibility and like i trust that you guys can be over there on your own playing it's not your kids that you got to worry about it's the people around your kids Mm -hmm. that are the danger and that's what's so bloody freaky to me because i think we 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 take the kids um we take the kids on a cruise ship right Mm -hmm. and ryan's like i want to go to the washroom and i'm like okay washroom's right there she's like can i go can i go to the washroom on my own i'm like yeah washroom's right there and i'll watch her but as soon as she goes into the washroom i don't know who's in there exactly And it's, but I think that situations like this are a reminder, not only to us, but to other parents that like, 
it's those moments where you feel this false sense of security, whether it's because you have a bunch of people that you're with, which is what I think that we were leaning on. Um, or you just have a familiarity of your surroundings. Like, oh, you know what? I see the bathroom. I'm staring right at it. I can watch her come in and come out, but you don't know who's in the bathroom. You don't know any of that thing. And so it's a reminder to maybe not be like, not that you're lazy in your parenting, but to be alert and vigilant in watching your kids. Be safe. Anyways. And the other thing is the other big takeaway for me is this, when it comes to your kid's safety, I don't give a shit if someone calls you a Karen. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I don't give a fuck. It's your kid's safety. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we, and maybe because of, maybe because of the, the format or the platform that we have, we're, we're constantly on alert not to look like assholes in mm-hmm, public. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know if that played into it. I don't, I honestly don't even know. Cause I can't process why I didn't process what was happening, but I know that my immediate thought was this guy had good intentions. Don't make it a scene. But you know what? Another interesting bullshit. perspective is, is that, um, I think part of why I didn't react is a, Something for a woman specifically, okay? Because I've had like weird situations where I've been um, like harassed or just like strange things have happened in a public setting. And my first response is like, don't escalate this because you don't know what kind of mental state this person is in. What happened? What happens if I or you were to see this happening? We we were like immediately realized that this was a really scary situation and we we're on the aggressive side and we freaked out. Say this person had a weapon. Pulls on a gun, pulls, pulls on, a, gun. on a knife and ends our lives. Who over knows? It. Like you just don't know. And that is how crazy the world is. So I think like handling it as best you can in a confined space is okay. But at the end of the day, we're just happy that Coop is safe. Um, somebody made, I want to address a hold couple on, of things. Just hold on one second. It, it, we, we think that the world works like a movie, like everything's scripted, everything's yeah. planned. Let me just be very clear. That whole thing happened in a very short period of time. And I still don't know what the fuck happened. Mm -hmm. So I know that I did not do what I think I could have done. And some of you are probably going to think, well, why didn't you do this? Or why didn't you do this? And why didn't you do this? And I promise you, I now think those things. I didn't think those at the time. It happened so quickly that I didn't process these things as quickly as I should have. And I'm mad at myself for doing that. This is what bothers me about people, though, when you share these stories, because I shared the story on Instagram fully knowing that there was going to be some opinions on the matter. Okay. But the opinions, the negative connotations, the victim blaming, all of that weren't as important as a message to say parents right under your nose. Like this is going to happen. I know it's going to happen. I'll take it so that I can at least share this message. Um, but people who say, cause I had a few messages like you should have done this, 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 like, why the fuck didn't you do blah, blah, blah. You cannot say you would do those things unless you are in this situation, because I'll tell you when I've heard stories or I watch a video in my head, I'm like, why the fuck did that person react that way? I would have done this, 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 and this. Would I have? I don't know. Because when you're in this situation, I'm telling you, your brain does not regulate and process the way you think that it would, because you're in a situation where you're still trying to figure out what is happening. So Two things. One, somebody said to me, because I got um, a lot of very interesting and colorful messages um, about, you know, like victim blaming people were pissed off at me because um, I, and I will absolutely admit this, I made the mistake 
of sharing the hotel name when we were in Montreal on the Saturday. I said, any fun things to do around the um, the Bonaventure Hotel? This is like the location that we're in. And I can confidently tell you, I do not share where we are until we are gone. Like, I'm really, really good about that because I am pretty paranoid. And then I'll share after, like when we were in Florida last year, the year before we stayed at this beautiful resort, um, taking the videos and stuff. And then when we're finished and we're gone, I will be like, this is where we stayed just to have like that comfortability. But Or you'll post me, it as this is where we are when we're not there anymore. That's what I mean. That's how like, social media works. You film things, yes. you edit things, and then you post them as if they're live, right. but they're not actually live, which I mean. is what's like, confusing when someone's like, I think I saw you wearing that shirt three days ago. Yeah, because I fucking filmed that three days ago. Yes, but what I'm saying is that... I usually do not do that, but because I had this completely false sense of security that we were with this big group of people, I was like, it's going to be fine. Like we're with this people. And, and again, it really was a false sense of security. I did say our name, which is not something I would do. So people, this one message, like a bunch of messages, like, why are you sharing where you are? Um, like you are, somebody was like, somebody wrote me and was like, you influencers are so fucking stupid. Um, you're like, and it was in a response of me being like one of the videos where I was like, I'm terrified. Like I'm having like PTSD and she's like, you're a fucking idiot. I'm like, <laughs> Courtney, is this helpful or hurtful? Like what, what is your intention here? And, I'll, way back, and I, said, way back. I said, I'm the first to admit like, yes, I, I definitely should not have said where we are, but your message after the fact, when I'm trying to send a message of like, just be aware is not helping. It's really not. It's super judgmental and it's coming down to victim blaming. And not that this has anything to do with it, but I can assure you that this man did not find our child and us from watching my social media stories. If you were there, you would understand this person was not that person. Um, but either he just found a kid that was by himself. Yes, either way, um, people are wild. I had a bunch of other messages. I would say like a handful of messages who were um, just very angry that um, I was talking about this online and like trying to blame me for things. And somebody somebody sent me a Reddit form and I've made myself very clear on what I think about Reddit. And I'm usually never on Reddit because I just like I don't think I have the mental capacity to read those forms about myself. Like usually I'm like, these people are, are wild, but somebody sent me a Reddit form about me and somebody had posted the screenshot that I had shared and been like, this kind of message isn't helpful of the one person who was like rudely like responding to me during this time of like terror. And so then this form, these people go off and I'm reading it and I'm sitting here and it's funny to me because you know, I, I get, I get what they're saying. Cause a lot of them are like, don't show your kids online. And like, I can absolutely respect that point of view. And I understand that it's when they start like ripping apart other things and like, Oh, I've followed her for years. Like she needs to get off her high horse. Like it's, she's so cringy. I'm like, okay. So now you guys have this form to come on to say, I didn't like this, but then you start rich ripping these women apart for other things. It is sickening and it is embarrassing and then i went down a rabbit it's hole. completely insensitive too it's like hey you almost it lost is. your child you're giving us a public service announcement you're you're clearly still in it's the mental mental uh space that is occupying your existence of i almost lost my son and instead of being sensitive to that and saying i'm so sorry you dealt with that hey, in the future, may I suggest you don't X, Y, Z, mm -hmm. you come at it from a negative stand. 
like how insensitive mm-hmm. I know, are it's you? It's like that, wild. that blows my mind that, but, but that these, you would come and attack somebody who's in the state of trauma. These people though, I don't think are like they're, they're interesting folks because they're literally ripping apart these influencers who I know a lot of them, they have a full page on just ripping them apart. And like I, because I went down the rabbit hole, I read all these other messages. I guess somebody um, from one of the other girls was starting to expose the Reddit users on this platform. And so someone like one of the Reddit people were like, did you see that, um, that thread where somebody was um, trying to expose some of us on here. Like, I think it's been deleted. Like, I think we're fine. And then somebody else was like, you know, like I have your back. Like I found my people. Like, I'm so glad we have each other. I'm like, oh, like fucking reading this. Like you guys are Keyboard fucking warriors. certifiable. The fact that you're sitting here being like, I have found my people. I have your back in a form that's designed to bully other people about their hand gestures. One girl was like, I posted 75 days ago about blah, blah, blah's hand gestures. Like, I'm not going to say her name. And she, and I swear she came to this thread and read it and then like, like didn't do them anymore because she saw how annoying it was. And then she started doing them again. I'm like, Listen, Bro, like, l- listen, what the fuck? Let me share some insight for all of you. And and just to be very clear, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to guess you're not one of these people. Um, so we're, we're preaching to the choir here. But if you found your people, then do the things that make you happy. And if you are really, truly surrounded by your people, it looks like fun. It looks like love. It looks like laughter. It looks like embrace. It looks like positivity. If you and your people are, are gathered in one space just to make fun of other people, those aren't your people. No, they are your people, but you're not good people. No, those aren't your people. You need better people in your life and you need to be a better person because life is hard and we don't need to make it harder. Mm -hmm. And so if you're way of finding happiness is to rip other people apart. You got to look inward. You got to look at yourself and really question what is it that you're fucking doing? Because that is not making like misery loves company. Yeah. But just stop being miserable. How about that? I also think it's okay to have like, if somebody's bothering you online, it's normal, but like text your friend and be like, yo, did you see her story today? That was super annoying. One-to-one person to person friend to friend if you i'm saying if you need to do that because yeah. i feel I like message that is jake normal. all the time did you see what britney posted <laughs> what an annoying bitch but you have a public forum and like the irony of them being like oh man we're we're going to be exposed and like this is a group and this is how i like i feel safe here the irony of you saying that while you sit behind your keyboard and bully a grown woman is fucking laughable it's like the dishes in the dishwasher it's hypothetical it's like just not good um let's move on to this because uh, that that's a shocking that's a public service announcement that's be vigilant parents we we just need you guys to be on top of it because i'll tell you it happens so quickly and it's super scary but speaking of children Hmm. i had this like aha moment this morning and we've loosely put words around this before, but for some reason it clicked in a different way for me. We've talked about, and we've had a lot of podcasts with a lot of guests who have shared with us that in particular women are girls, but kids 
every single one of us from the age of five to seven, our identity is pretty much set. It's concrete, right? So from zero to seven, you're filled with infinite possibilities by seven. You've pretty much matched who you're going to be. And then you live that life for the remaining balance of your life. We know this, we've seen this, there's a ton of data to, to, to back it up. This was my like aha moment. And it was sad, but at the same time, now we can do something about it. If you think about your earliest childhood memory, and I don't mean like your one child, your earliest, earliest childhood memory. I mean, like when you think back about being a child, how old do you think you are in your memory? I want to say like eight, eight, yeah, seven, eight years of age, just like memories of like being out and stuff. Like I, I'm sure I might've been younger, but probably around eight years, seven or seven or eight. And so you can look at photos Mm -hmm. of times when you were three or four or five and be like, I remembered that. Sure. But do you really remember that or do you remember the photo and then kind of the story you've created around it? The truth of the matter is when you really, truly look at your childhood, yes, you can remember things at four. Yes, you can remember moments at five, but your actual memory is probably around that seven and eight range. Here's the terrifying thing about that. All of the things that you could have been, all the possibilities that you could have been from zero to five or zero to seven before you established that. You forget about those times. Mm -hmm. You don't even think about those. Who you are at seven onwards is who you are, including your memory. Mm -hmm. And the saddest thing about that for me is we've got a five-year-old, almost six-year-old, who will never remember the stuff that we've done in the last five years. Mm -hmm. Like our core memories as parents, the good old days are right now for us. And our child will only remember from that time if they were loved and cared for. And I think that's the whole thing that you need to focus on, though, because they probably won't remember the specific experiences, but they'll remember the feeling of being loved, of having that family, of doing things and just like the the overarching feeling of loved and safety. That's how they feel. They're not going to remember the moments. Those moments are more for us anyways. hundred percent. Cooper's not going to remember Disney. Cooper's not going to remember cruises. Cooper's not going to remember any of our trips that we've been on. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, Riley at nine up until maybe the last two or three years, two years, probably she won't remember it. She remembers it now. She barely remembers Our my old parents, house. old, my, my parents old. No, no. Are my parents old house. And like, we were there a lot. We lived there for six months yeah, of her life. She was life. like, I don't really remember that. And I was like, what do you mean? What do you it's, mean? it's crazy to me. And, yeah. and so the two things for me were. Number one, it's very, the things that you do with your kids are less important, especially at this age, are less important than how you make them feel. Mm -hmm. So spend time time. and getting them to understand how much they're loved and supported because that's the primary mission from zero to seven. As long as they feel loved and supported, the possibilities bleed into seven, eight, nine, 10. Mm -hmm. If they don't feel loved and supported, they get stopped at seven. (gasps) So that's the one thing that is really a big thing for me. You have something important jump in. I just thought of, um, I feel like we did do this for Riley because she has a makeup mirror. We bought her for Christmas and we went in yesterday and I just went into her room yesterday and there's a little sticky note on her mirror and it has like 10 affirmations. Like you are, you are amazing. You are beautiful. You are so strong. You got this. You are loved. And I love myself. I was literally like, like, I, I read it. I'm like, oh, Brittany, come here, it's please. Amazing. And you and there are, was no prompts. Like there wasn't like we were like, hey, give yourself some self-love. It was like she did it all. On she her says own. at the very end, I believe you are you are awesome because you are you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, 
Riley, why did you like what what prompted you to write that? She's like, I don't know. I just thought it was nice. I know she, that girl has so much confidence. Oh my god, it's amazing. But what I'm, the other thing that I was going to say is this. So yes, very important that you just love your love, you love, 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 and support your kids in the early stages. But the other side of it is is for me, it's that it's that idea that who who they are moving forward is not in this world of possibility. And that's the scary thing for me, because again, from zero to seven, everything is possible from from seven on society does what society does to our kids Mm -hmm. and they mold them and they shape them and they create what's possible. It's the idea of sitting down with your kids on an ongoing basis. Maybe it's a quarterly basis where you share with them. What is it you want to create? What is it you want to do? What is it you want to like accomplish in this period of time? Quarterly check in with your kids. What are you? What did you accomplish last quarter? If you do the quarterly check-ins with your kids and you're always in the state of creation, their mind, and by the way, there was a study that was conducted and I don't know what it is. It's just coming to me right now. So I will do some research on this, but there was a study that was conducted and they actually tested for genius, like the level of genius. And did you know that almost every kid in kindergarten is considered a genius by definition? Why? Because the world of possibilities is just endless for them. They're not limited. They're not limited. And then by the time they get to grade eight, the study says that over like 60% of them fall off the zone of genius. By the end of high school, there's only a 5%, five percentile is considered genius. That's wild. But kids start off as geniuses. And I'm not suggesting that the school system is, is, is crooked or corrupt or, or not proper, but the school system is, and has to be to a certain degree structured in a way that they can baseline learning. Mm-hmm. But I will say that people's zone of genius does not necessarily look like reading, writing, and arithmetic, Mm -hmm. which by the way, the three R's, it's hilarious. Which one of them are R's? Reading, writing, and arithmetic. Only one. (laughs) It's like reduce, reuse, and recycle. (laughs) Isn't that not stupid? I've actually never heard of the three R's. The three R's, reading, writing, and arithmetic. You've never heard of that? No. Arithmetic starts with an A. And And writing writing starts with with a W. W. But I could see- Jinx, yo me a beer. But I could see- (laughs) I could see writing because it sounds like like the W is silent. I can, either way, either way, there's a reason why I can't read, write, or do arithmetic. Because <laughs> I'm still stuck on how are these R's. Right. Clo- in closing, be vigilant with your kids. Talk to your kids. Check in with your kids. Inspire your kids, and just love them. Inspire them to create, and, and help, make sure they're fucking safe. And help your spouse unpack after weekends away. Thank you. And that's Bye. that's the golden nugget there. Mm. <laughs> See ya.